Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Hollywood Podcast, covering the latest in film, TV, streaming, and social media. I'm your host, Max Geshwind. Stay tuned for today's episode. All right, everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. And I'm so um, happy to have with me today, James Pierce Connolly, who um, you most recently saw on season two of HBO Max's crafting competition show, Craftopia. He was also most recently nominated for his 13th primetime Emmy nomination for The Masked Singer. Um, So James, thanks so much for joining me today. Wow, thanks for that amazing intro. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for coming. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So I wanted to start off and talk a little bit about Craftopia, since this is something that audiences can actually see you and you're in front of the camera this time, which is, you know, contrast to, you know, your work behind the scenes. Can you talk a little bit about how you got involved in Craftopia? Yeah, actually. Well, I mean, first off, I'll say this. I designed the set and I had been working on that show for, you know, about three or four months before we had started shooting it. Um, and quite close with the executive producers, the, the show creators who had made it up. Um, and we had done uh, several projects together before in the past. So we had a great, healthy relationship. Um, long story short, we had just about finished the set. I think we were, you know, two days away from shooting. And I had also designed uh, the Kelly Clarkson show about a month beforehand. The Kelly Clarkson show had invited me back to do like a backstage tour showing off the set for their digital website. Uh, I posted it on Facebook. Some of the producers had seen it and said, you know what, would you mind, um, or would you be, would you consider guest judging on season one? Would you even consider that? I, you know, sure. I mean, I, I I don't mind. Sure. That sounds fun. What do I have to do? Do I have to know any lines? Nope. Just be yourself. Watch the children's, um, the kids projects and offer your constructive criticism. Okay, cool. That sounds like a fun idea. It was fun. It was so much fun, actually. I did it in two days because of kids' hours. We shot um, their full episode in two days. So I came in in the morning, saw one craft, came in the second day in the afternoon, saw the other craft, and it was a blast. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the show got picked up for its second season, they revamped it for adults and holidays, and and I was invited back as a full-time judge. I guess I did something right. I mean, I don't really know, but um, it was it was... It was a fun time. So that's really kind of how it happened and started. Yeah. And it was your interview on the Kelly Clarkson show talking about your work that really served as the catalyst for you then hopping on to Craftopia as a judge for that's season right. one and two. And I love to do those types yeah. of things. It's really nice to practice talking about your work. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you do your work often and you, you, know, you, uh, you showcase it through a process to deliver, um, at the end of that delivery, you know, people say thanks, but you don't actually get a chance to ever really talk about it. So when you're asked to do a tour for a digital piece, for instance, um, and I've done several, um, it's really fun. It's challenging, but it's really fun. That's interesting. So after so long, you know, obviously being behind the scenes, designing sets, um, is there now that, I guess, um, recent interest on your end in now stepping in front of the camera in highlighting the work that you've done after all those years? I'm not, I'm not going to turn into an actor. Yeah. There is no, there, there's no way that's ever going to happen, mm-hmm. but I yeah. do, I did enjoy the process so much where if there was another opportunity similar to this, I don't think I would ever say no. Mm-hmm. I will say I, 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 I am always a production designer. I will always yeah. be designing sets. I may ch- transition to 
a different type of set in the future, something that takes a little bit more time, like a movie or something a little bit more personal, like a home or a, a hospitality a restaurant, hotel. But for the moment, um, doing this in, on camera benefits that as I see it. It gives me an opportunity to observe what's happening on camera with camera movement and how talent reacts to it, as well as um, just change it up, to be honest with you. It was just really invigorating. Yeah, I'd love to know how the effect of being a judge on Craftopia has affected you and your own work. I would think that it would be so inspiring just on a constant basis working on the show to meet so many, you know, budding production designers, craftspeople. Has that sort of, have you taken that energy that you've been able to get from these contestants into your own work? Oh my gosh, thanks for, that's such a great question. Thanks for asking that. I met some really dear friends that I normally would never have ever met. I mean, first off, Lore DIY, the host, is massively into crafting um, and a a huge appreciator for art. Uh, My co-judge, Crystal Anderson, is um, a massive event live experiential producer. Um, Her and her partner run a marketing firm and put on some really creative events. And then the craft testants I've kept up with. I've actually worked with now three of them uh, independently on projects for myself, like television shows. Yeah. And um, just getting to meet them, observe them, see how they work, honestly, talk to them mid-show. And then now that the show is over, I've reached out and said, hey, would you mind making this coffee table, for instance? I've got a project. Hey, would you mind? Uh, a friend of mine is uh, needs a pumpkin sculpting project. Uh, a high-end pumpkin project. Would you mind, uh, or would you be interested in this? I mean, it's really been, it's really doubled down like my Rolodex, to be honest with you, if that's even a word anymore. Yeah, well, that's actually really funny that you said that because I was going to say this, serving as a judge on Craftopia has probably helped you in finding people that could work for you down the oh, line yeah. projects. So, I mean, production design, if you think about it, you have to be an artist to do it, but yeah. it is a lot about sharing your vision with other artists to create something. It's just such a huge project in such a short amount of time. As a designer, you have to work with other artists. And so Craftopia was the ultimate like vehicle for me to meet more people that I normally never would. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to switch gears and talk about The Masked Singer because you just received cool. your 13th Emmy nomination, as I mentioned before, um, for The Masked Singer. I would say that this Emmy nomination, though, was particularly an accomplishment because it was work that you did during COVID. Can you speak to sort of the challenges of working on The Masked Singer this past year specifically, given the pandemic? Oh, that's so true. It is really like a special nomination. Yeah. Uh, When, you know, I I have received several and um, sometimes you get them for projects that uh, have received accolades before. The Mass Singer for me, this was the first time I had been recognized for this project. And um, and it really means something for me and uh, the work that my team and I do just to be recognized again is huge. I think Meryl Streep said it once. She says, you know, listen, you can get your first Emmy or your first Oscar, but to get your fourth is a major accomplishment. And it's sort of you know, to be recognized again for another different type of project was amazing. So thanks for saying that. Um, yeah, the COVID was really uh, intense for a lot of um, theater artists and ex- event artists. And for television, we had no idea how we were going to 
rise to the occasion. A lot of the folks in my world um, deal with audience type based shows, performance shows, and so like the mass singer. And so immediately when COVID hit, I mean, talks were starting to happen daily. Zooms were happening about how to continue to deliver the show and, uh, and get around all of these, you know, important guidelines and, and safety, uh, safety regulations. The mat, when, I'm just thinking back to it as I talk, but um, when we were, when we first started talking, the mass Singer really had the opportunity, lent itself as the opportunity to be crazy, to be wild, um, to the really think outside of the box. You didn't have to have a traditional audience anymore. You didn't really have to do anything traditional. So it was a real creative challenge. There were endless Zooms and meetings about this. Um, we, my office and I are heavily involved in Epic Games Unreal Engine as a form of software that puts out renderings, illustrations. Um, thank, thankfully, we have so much experience in it. It was uh, it just dovetailed immediately into virtual production and augmented reality graphics. And so I had never been in this position before, but the moment COVID hit and people started talking about that technology, suddenly I was an expert now, not only in set design, but in this technology. And I found myself reading and learning and challenging myself on how to transfer this software use into in-camera compositing. And it was an amazing experience for me. Um, I'm, it was hard. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of long nights, a, a fair amount of crying, a lot of macaroni and cheese eating, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, the, but the mass Singer really, uh, we went through, I can't even tell you how many re- iterations, but we ended up in a great place in season four and five that embraced virtual technology in such a way where we could perform, where we could do the mass Singer for the audience on Fox uh, pretty seamlessly. So yeah, it was yeah. a lot. Yeah. And I want to add that a couple of months ago, I actually chatted with Chris Wagner, who is an EP on the show. So I know that you two probably worked very, very close. Oh my God. Last One of my close so. friends. Yes. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yes, that's right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm interested to know because the mass Singer does center around this secrecy of not knowing who the celebrities are. How much do you know on your end and how much of an impediment is that in doing your work if you don't know as much as you would like to? You know, one of the great things about what I do um, from production design standpoint is, you know, there, I don't have a script in the type of shows that I do. I, mm-hmm. if, if, I'm, if it's from Top Chef and Project Runway and making it to, to the mass singer, the voice, generally the environments I create uh, control sp- very specific behavior. And that's what my focal point is. The day-to-day uh, inconsistencies of that behavior and you know casting in a way uh may or may not play a part for mass singer it is not essential long story short it is not essential for me to know the artists or know who they are in fact it's even more fun to create a space where i don't know and to create a safe space where it's uh where the security is high i mean we are involved with making sure that pathways for the artists and Green rooms for the artists are extremely secure. Very tall walls, hidden entrances, backstage uh, walkways, um, controlled egress to protect the audience and the crew from the talent is all part of my world. So it, 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 in a way, the secrecy is actually what I'm more focused on um, and not who the talent is. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm interested to know, just sort of taking a step back, most, if not all of your work throughout your career has been, you know, talk shows, reality competition shows, sort of unscripted content in general. Can you speak to your interest in this type of content versus scripted? How did you gravitate towards um, sort of more reality? I mean, I would say that reality gets a bad rap. And you know what? I'm okay with that because I love it. I love it. I grew up loving it. I remember when Survivor premiered, it was so exciting. Um, I, but I have to really take a closer look at why I like that because it can be, you know, for what people say, a little bit uh, lowbrow occasionally. Um, to me, it's an examination of human behavior mm-hmm. through situ- different situations. And that's the most exciting part about it. Um, I went to school for theater set design. I studied theater history. I studied in London. I studied, you know, Shakespeare's Globe. Midsummer Night's Dream is one of my favorite plays. I, this is what I intended to do. Um, and to me, there is so much creativity in the ability to retell a story uh, and a particular story. But when I moved to Los Angeles after 9-11, uh, at the very, very beginning of my career, there wasn't a lot of theater uh, storytelling happening. And I was really into watching documentaries and reality competition shows and there was a lot of that going on and for me as an artist it was a way as I got more and more of those uh, opportunities in that uh, industry there was a way to tell that story differently theatrically and from a production design standpoint again I am there to affect the behavior take the personalities and those characters and filter them through a situation that I create and this time, in my favorite part, there is no script. There is no story. In fact, production design is the script. The environment is the story. And I have fallen in love with the creativity of what you can do with reality shows. When yeah. I got the voice and we started doing the backstage story uh, of the artists uh, and their journey through that massive competition and win, after a few seasons, I became obsessed with telling and giving those artists who were about to compete on that show a, a real experience. Not just that they were on a singing competition show, that they were coming to Universal Studios, NBC, to the biggest so- song competition ever, and what that meant. And it, for me, it was personal. I mean, I drive into Universal Studios all the time. I see my work on, in those studios all the time, and I still get chills pulling into that parking lot and seeing the voice banner, you know, three or four studios away and say, and think, Oh my God, I did that. I can't believe they let me paint the wall. And I wanted to share that experience with the artists. And to me, reality television design and variety television and event design is extremely personal. And it's so creative Mm -hmm. and you get a lot of budget money to make these massive experiences for people. I mean, mass singer, let's go back to that for one second. That what a crazy concept. Yeah. When I first heard it, they were like, listen, there's a show, people dress up in crazy costumes. It started in Korea. And then we guess who it is inside. And when you hear that, you're like, that sounds kind of dumb. And I don't know if I really want to, that sounds really like, who's going to watch that? It's stupid. Yeah. For me, it was an opera. It was a showcase on costume design and beautiful costume design. And how do you make an epic-sized opera cool for young audiences on TV? To me, it was like 
EDM design or ultra music festival design meets opera showcasing big, huge, massive costumes. For me, it was incredible, an incredible opportunity. And then to do it in X amount more countries afterwards, I've done the one in Japan too. I mean, it's really, really creative work. Yeah. That's so true what you're saying though, that there is like with scripted, you do have like the narrative to fall back on, but with unscripted, there is no really definitive story there. And it's the production design that guides how you're feeling and the story. And you mentioned Survivor. One of my favorite reality shows is Big Brother. And so just the way they change up the house on a season to season basis really does have an effect on how you're feeling about the entire show overall, which is, I think, of a greater significance than sort of more of a, like a, a narrative or a scripted show. It's really fun work. And I get yeah. the, I, I get an opportunity from the people that I work with to just create visions now. I, I, I feel privileged and blessed to, sometimes I'm sitting at my desk and I'm doodling a little bit, a few things out. And I'm like, I can't believe they're trusting me with this. Wow, what an opportunity. And when you appreciate what you're doing like that, really cool stuff comes out of it and this medium is it's endless with creativity now i will say this about big brother oh you're a local congressman that show needs an update we need a new layout there are so many different wallpapers you can do but for the love of god (laughs) give us an update yeah (laughs) yeah um, I'm interested to know, because I know a lot of what you've done over the last couple of years has been streaming content, HBO Max, Peacock with Heart to Heart, um, which you recently did Kevin Hart's um, show. Um, you obviously have been involved for 20 years since you moved to LA. Can you talk about how, what's it been like, the changing, um, I guess, mediums of content and what your thoughts are on working for streamers versus pre, you know, streamers. Yeah. You know, I mean, everything has changed a little bit. Gosh, grandma emoji. I mean, like, I feel like now looking back, I'm 41 and I've definitely been doing what I'm doing. I've been just production designing now for over a decade. It's not that long, but it's long enough to observe some different trends. You're right. The lowest kind of, I was going to say low hanging fruit, but like the, the, the biggest observation is, is the emergence of, of streamers. I also see another uh, industry and I'll talk about that in a second, but with streamers, I feel like it's been really exciting to participate in uh, Netflix's venture into competition show, competition shows and talk shows and unscripted. I did Bill Nye Saves the World and was recognized for that. It was the second uh, unscripted production they had done at, right, right after Chelsea Handler. Um, and now I've been a big part of HBO Max and working with them and Peacock and a little bit for, um, I'm just doing my first Apple Plus thing at the moment and a little bit for Disney Plus, uh, which stay tuned, Foodtastic drops in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And it was a big, big project for them. I've noticed that streamers really uh, need to find their identity and they are looking for it in the first year and they don't quite find it for now working with Netflix for a few years uh, now, you don't really quite find it after a handful of years, four or five years. And at first I think it's really about providing the best and boldest and most, you know, the buzzword around here is premium content uh, possible. And that's really exciting from a production design standpoint, actually they, they, 
the partners that we're working with really want to challenge the industry, to challenge the creativity, and to push the boundaries. And I'm all about that. And being disruptive in an industry when you get multiple projects is what I'm all about. I, yeah. There is not providing derivatives is really a motto in the office. So working with streamers right now is exciting. It's great. We are doing content that is so uh creative. It's wonderful. Now I have seen backswings. I have seen if, if the efficient approach in some partners. I have seen uh, partners take a quantity approach and try to do as much content as possible in the most efficient way, which for me also is a challenge too. You can't just get really expensive finishes all the time. It's time to really think things through. What's the most inf effective, impactful finish we can provide our partner with the lowest cost? And so we've been really able to sharpen our, our knives that way. At the end of the day, just like I would say, probably because it's my new obsession, the NFT world, um, at the end of the day, the market is saturated with content. I mean, you can ask anybody, you can call my aunt Amy in North Carolina and she will say, I don't know what to watch. Yeah. And it's really about finding the identity of each partner. And it's exciting to see who will merge together and who will survive and who will stand up to the top. And from a design standpoint, I'm obsessed. We're just working hard. We're, we're trying to do as much work as possible, the best way possible. And it's exciting to be on the top tier of that and to work on some of the biggest and most exciting shows with our partners. And I'm so proud of the work that we're doing lately. I hope we, it never stops like this. And I know that at some point it will compress. I, I would imagine we would see 10% less choices in the future, mm -hmm. but then again, what do I know? I right. mean, who knows? There are so many more people in this world to watch the content content. So I don't know. Yeah. And just judging by where your work has been going over the past couple of years, you've definitely been successful in gravitating towards where the audience is going. Like you've pretty much worked with mostly all of the major streamers, which is just so amazing to see while still obviously having a foothold in traditional network like Mass Singer, which is on Fox. Um, well, for my very last question, I want to ask about upcoming projects that you're working on. You just mentioned Foodtastic, which I believe is hosted by Yara Shahidi um, coming out on Disney+. Plus. Can you talk a little bit about what we have to expect from your work on that show? Foodtastic Disney Plus is such a major production. We worked on it a year ago. And the best part about this is it's not just a food competition show for us. It is the most creative way on how to use foods for that competition for Disney Plus. But for us, we did the entire production. We did the physical set and the world that they competed in, which is this jungle. Oh my God, this big tree behind me. <laughs> this jungle of massive sized fruits and vegetables and artichokes. And we incorporated a huge panoramic screen, which we designed all the screen content for. And then there are narrative scripted pieces that our host takes us through. And we did all the XR content for those pieces. And for us, it was a multi-level production infused into one edit. And it's, I'm really excited to see it. I've, I have seen some um, episodes, the, uh, the team sent them over to me early and they're fantastic. Primarily, you have to watch the Star Wars episode. Yeah. We got a chance to design a, a, a space that, you know, we worked with Lucasfilm on. It was so incredible. Um, 
I've also just, please stay tuned for the rest of the episodes that are dropping in January for That's My Jam. I've been working on that for a few years. It's an awesome uh, singing competition show for celebrities, actually, uh, hosted by Jimmy Fallon. It's so fun. And the design is, um, is really unique. It's uh, kind of backstage in a speakeasy. And the games work with a LED floor into an LED wall. Everything comes alive. And there's an, a huge boom box uh, that transforms and opens up for the final game. It's really, really fun. And at the end of the day, watching Kelly Clarkson sing a cover off the top of her head of like Alanis Morissette is mind-blowing. <laughs> um, it's really awesome show. Yeah. And that's great that Jimmy Fallon's you know, music-centered segments now has their own show and it lives yeah. in, in this. That's that's amazing to see. Um, <laughs> so cool. I want to ask, I know that you had a hand in the New Year's Eve toast last year that Fox did. Are we going to expect that work again this year? Are you doing any New Year's stuff? Oh, or? I'm so disappointed to say that I have okay. such FOMO actually, but I, um, we did it last year. Actually, to me it was, and I was, I'll say it, I was cycling through all the different New Year's Eve programs. We had the best one. It was yeah. fun. They did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm getting married. I'm not available oh. this time. I'm getting married. We leave. It's like a week from today. Congratulations. We, uh, thanks. We leave on in three days for Banff, oh Canada. So I don't, I come back on the 29th and I think if I took that show on right now, my no. head would explode. No. Yeah. Prior- <laughs> yes. Priorities. Priorities. Yeah. But good luck to the team. All the, all the writers and producers are on it are the same. I don't know who they went with for design designer, but, um, Hopefully I'm back next year. We'll yeah. See. Yeah. And that's great to see that Fox is sort of gaining a foothold in that new year's Eve content, which I feel like historically they haven't been. So that's great to see. They um, did such a great job last year. It yeah. was so funny. Those guys. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and then for my last thing, I know obviously you just did season two of Craftopia, or Craftopia, excuse me. <laughs> um, yes. Didn't mean to say that, but can we expect a season three, hopefully soon? And would you join if they asked you? Everyone listening, please tell your local congressman, email <laughs> HBO Max, how much you love this show. We don't know yet. We're okay. all on bated breath. It really is probably down to the numbers, but yeah. that stuff's a bit of a mystery at our level. Um, we're just, I'm just happy to do whatever I can well. I Hopefully they call me and we do it again, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's doing so well. I think people love reality-themed craft competition shows like that. You just look to something like the great British baking show on Netflix right. and see like how crazy that is. And this is something that's sort of comparable to that. I so, would love to do the show again. And I would love yeah. to even get to know the craft test craft test and a little bit more um, in a future season. It's been so exciting to talk with everybody on Instagram and yeah. even some of the fans too, that reach out. What a cool, what a cool time to be, you know, on TV and do these sorts of things and meet all these random people. It's so fun. It's you're really finding fun. you're finding a newfound audience now because of it's your so front of the cool. camera. Yeah, yeah. Neat. Well, James, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. I know we have so much more to look forward to um, coming out soon from you. And congratulations again in three days. Thanks, thanks so much. Next year is going to be a huge year. Um, so thanks. Thanks so much, Max. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please take a moment to subscribe to The Hollywood Podcast for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Max Geshwind. Thanks for listening.